ladies, and welcome to Trueness of the Words, where uh, a show for women that's authentic and vulnerable. Um, I have the privilege today of being your host. Uh, I am not the original host, but I have the privilege of being here with my spiritual daughter and the original host of Trueness of the Words, Miss Eleanor Fleming. Welcome, daughter, to your own show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hello. And thank you for um, even being so awesome to do this interview and being someone that I trust so much to do this interview. So I want to say thank you again. Well, again, I, I count the privilege to be able to uh, that you trust me. I thank I thank God for that. We we've been on a journey together for a while, and so, ladies, my prayer is that um, this episode would just really encourage you about what um, as Eleanor shares her life and just the example that um, mm-hmm. of what the Lord has done in her journey and taking her um, from from hurting and, and, and woundedness to healing and freedom and wholeness and just just what God has done in her life and that you would be encouraged that you too uh, that the can trust the Lord with your freedom journey. So we're just going to jump into it. And uh, I've been told that I can ask whatever I want. I'm going to test that. You can. Limit. But I thought we would start off at the beginning where um, not so much where you and I met, because we, we kind of knew each other from church before we had this encounter that I'm going to talk about. But in 2016, um, I was the lead, uh, leader of the women's ministry, and I reached out to Eleanor to ask Eleanor to join the women's ministry team, and I invited her out to dinner so that we can have a conversation about her joining that team. And I um, remember distinctly as we sat down, there were a few things that I observed about you. I, I, I could tell you were guarded. I could tell that you were um, questioning, wondering if if you could trust me and what is this about? And is this something that I'm going to uh, really do? Um, uh, I could tell that there was some woundedness there. There was some self-protection there. And I could tell that uh, you are no nonsense woman. Uh, you know, I, I, I could tell a lot just from us sitting there in that moment. But I also knew some things about you that you were faithful. You were a woman of excellence. You were a woman of your word that if you said you were going to do it, you were going to get it done. And so and so I, I, I knew some things about you. But then I also just sensed some things in that moment. But I remember as I was talking to you about being in the ministry, it's like the conversation shifted, right? We were talking about what I wanted you to do and some things about the ministry and the conversation shifted and you began to cry. And I could tell that that was not comfortable for you. You were like, this is not, I'm not supposed to be shedding tears, you know? I just want to hear from you what, when you, when the conversation shifted, in that moment, like what was going on in your mind and in your heart as you as you came to that meeting that day? What, what was your side of that initial experience of us meeting? Okay, so I'm going to say this real quick, even though you said it. Uh, when I say I did not know these questions, <laughs> I, almost wanna, I almost regret that right now. I want to be able to answer that. But um, I don't remember everything, but I can remember remember this. I was definitely, um, because trust uh, was and is sometimes a concern for me. And so when we were talking about that at sitting at the table, my concern was how much of myself do I, uh, first of all, have to give 
if that is the case. But more so, I don't know you like that. And I don't even know if I can trust you. But there was a larger part of me that genuinely wanted to serve and honor God. And what what that looked like to me was unclear. You were going to present before me something that, mm, so I'm going to share something with you. I may not have shared with you before. So <laughs> This, this uh, is an authentic and vulnerable show. So you have to. Uh, oh my goodness. My thing was, I don't know you like that. And you're not getting ready to put something on me that you, you're you saying God told you. Because I'm telling you what I was saying. I was like, you're telling me God told you this. But I don't know that the Lord showed you that. I don't even know if you're genuine or if you're real. You could mm-hmm. be someone that I'm talking about what I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember verbatim, but I know what I was thinking. And it was just. I don't know who you are in this realm. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if God really called you to me or if you were someone that's just using God. Like often there are some that do that. Mm -hmm. They'll say, oh, the Lord told me this or the Lord told me that. And it's not legitimate because so I didn't know for certain. So I had my guards all the way up and my antennas all the way up. Did I answer the question? Yes. Yeah. No, I was just wanted to hear your side of what, what kind of was what you was going through your mind. And I, and I could sense all that and see all of that. Um, and so I don't, I don't remember the exact words, but I think this is kind of um, uh, loosely what I said that kind of shifted the conversation because the Lord had laid this on my heart for all the women that I was asking to be a part of the ministry team. He had said, don't just invite these women and um, use their gifts in the ministry, but minister to these women that mm-hmm. are going to be a part of the ministry. And so I, I think I said something like that, that, that I, you know, because I knew you were gifted, but I didn't want to just, you know, use your talents and you have you use your gifts and time and energy in the ministry. I, I, I knew God was calling me to serve and minister to whichever women mm-hmm. that were going to be a part of that ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, in that moment, you kind of, um, I saw a little chip in the, in the armor come down where you kind of, you know, began to kind of share, um, shed a tear. Because again, I think- More trust, than tears. I was when you could tell it. <laughs> I think trust, again, you, like you said, because of trust issues, you were questioning if you could trust me or was I just giving, you know, lip service again. Yeah. So, so my question is, you know, that that's us talking a little bit about what we met when we met, kind of what I saw. You know, like I say, I saw, you know, I um, you know, saw the walls up, saw the self protection, saw um, some a lot of the guardedness. But my question is, what brought you to that moment? Like, what caught what caused you in your life before we had that meeting? What things happened in your life? that caused that Eleanor sitting across from me at that table to be guarded, to be, um, uh, you know, wanting to control situations, not, not wanting to um, surrender in certain situations or, or um, mistrusting people. What just talk about maybe one or two things that happened in your life that caused you to um, develop, you know, those, those safeguards. Okay. So I'm going to take a moment. Mm. 
<laughs> so I, I knew we would go here. I didn't know how you was gonna. I just Absolutely. I didn't probably would go here. Yes, I, I, I want us to go back before we go forward because I, again, I, I'm trying to get the ladies to see the journey. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I, I I met you in a moment in a space and time, but there was a lot of life that you did before you got to that point. And the other thing I want to say is that. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. More at that time, you had been saved for how long, Eleanor? Oh, I've been saved for some years. Uh, well, I grew. I'm. I actually grew to know the, to know the Lord at the age of twelve. That's when I can officially say that I actually went to the Lord. I was twelve years old. That's a genuine thing. Uh, when, but then in my older years, I had rededicating myself to the Lord from a space of an adult woman understanding. So I probably was, I was in my early twenties when I re did it differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I mean, early twenties, we're talking like 22 years old. Okay. So by that time, uh, I was, it was, over, it was over 20 years. It was yeah. over 20 years. So you have been saved for over 20 years. So, so, and I want, I want the women to hear that because um, you have been saved and you had, you, I, I knew you loved the Lord. That's the other thing I knew about you. I knew you loved the Lord and that, um, and, and you had grown in some things in the Lord. You had, you had, um, you know, studied God's word and you had, you had grown in some areas. You had been through some discipleship. So you had grown in some areas, but I want to talk about, yeah, um, at, I can give it to you. At that moment, just going back, you know, what had caused you, even in spite of those, you know, that relationship with the Lord, what caused you to still have that, you know, kind of that ex a harder exterior or being guarded? What caused yeah. what caused that? I'm gonna answer it. It's gonna take a moment for me to answer this. Okay, okay. so if you, uh, so ladies, bear with me. So my guardedness started from a child, um, a kindergartner. Um, uh, so, and probably, and it, it it escalated. I had multiple things that happened, and, and break me off once I'm going in, and, and then you can dive deeper into each one. But mm -hmm. the first one was it began as a, in kindergarten. I was a five year old little girl, trusting um, everybody. And when I say everybody, we're talking about you trust your parents, you trust your siblings, you trust, and there was something about my life that was a secret that I didn't know at that time. Everybody else around me knew it was a secret and we could, we're going to talk about that. I could bring that up later or you can. What was my secret that I, I didn't know it was a secret until I was 14 years old that everybody else knew, but me. And I found out when I was 14, but so at the time, as a kindergartner, I was uh, sexually abused and I used to say molested, but one day as I'm, you know, spending time in the word of the Lord. And I said, Lord, I wasn't molested because molestation is someone fondling you, yes. touching you inappropriately. I was sexually, there was a sexual penetration of me yeah. at five years old from uh, um, a family member of my father's side of the family and my father's side that raised me. So, um, because I was raised, I didn't know at the time, that was the family secret. But I was raised by um, my father, my father, I say my father, because he is my father, but the man that raised me, which is my father to me, he had children. 
and that were um, older than my sister and I. So my sister and I, I have a big, I have a little sister. Well, she's not little, she's little. She's a, a year and some change younger than me. But he sexually uh, penetrated me. And I remember, remember as a child struggling with that. And I never told anybody mm-hmm. because my he told me that don't say anything. He was telling me all these things that um, if you do this, he bribed me with some stuff and I'm five, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember knowing that if daddy knew that, and I'm not just saying this, at five years old, my father was the type of man that I knew that if he knew this happened to me, he would literally probably physically kill. That's mm-hmm. not an understatement. This person, and I was five and I understood. I'm telling you what I remember then, Okay. I remember being afraid that they were going to take my dad to jail Mm. if he did this to this person, this family member. And I didn't want my dad taken from us. So I held that secret for so many years. But then right before I turned, I was I was uh, 14 years old. But right before I found out that my father Mm. wasn't my biological father or Right, right before that, I was raped. I was literally at 14 raped. And then now I was raped. And I blame myself because my mom was a stickler for when I'm not home, you don't open the door. And so my sister wasn't home. She had to have been gone with the family member. I was at home and she do not open the door when I'm not here. And my dad was gone as well. And I opened the door and I let a neighborhood, there was a neighborhood boy from the neighborhood. And I'm just being as honest as I can. I I think that when we're authentic and we're vulnerable, we have to tell the truth. And I know that I had a crush on this individual. So I opened the door because I had a crush on him and he's at my Mm -hmm. door. Never did I know Mm -hmm. what was going to come into the home. I never knew. I didn't see that. I just didn't. And when he pushed his way in the door, well, he, he pushed the door open, the front door. He just put out the step back. And so that we're clear with this too, I fought. I, I literally fought against that. And he just took advantage of the situation. So and he was, so I have, and I'm very careful with this one. And it's not that I'm being untruthful, ladies. I'm not holding anything, but because there are still family members that are close to me, that this is an uncle of theirs. I got, I'm very careful to protect them. Yeah. No, that's wisdom not to give, you know, information to the person. I, that was some, so from that point, and then for a long time, I thought that my body was designed for that. Like I, I thought my body was designed for that because why else would a God that we're talking about let that happen to me? And by this time I had, I had learned the Lord by now and loved the Lord. I thought at 12, but I just, the way our minds think when we're young, that's why I say young people, minds really don't develop. Mm -hmm. At 14, I thought, This was something God was letting happen to me. And this is what my body was made for. Mm. 
But he began to do major surgery in my life. And I didn't realize at the time that that's what God was doing because I became self-protective of myself. And I began to not trust. I didn't know. Again, we're talking then. I didn't know that what I was doing was building a larger and larger, taller and taller a building, I guess, want to say, or wall to self-protect myself from the harm that was coming to me. And I wasn't going to let anybody do that to me mm. ever again. So I became, I was, I, they used to say, is this, um, my name growing up was Angie. That's, that's my middle name. And so my family always used to call me Angie and, um, they would say, is this, my Angie was just the other Angie because everybody saw me as like this mean in one moment and not the other, but it wasn't that I just was self-protecting. And when I finally was able to tell about the person in our family that raped me as a kindergartner, it was because he was getting ready to go to prison. He was being, uh, he was brought up on charges for, um doing raping a woman and they were gonna he was gonna he was going to jail and the family was like he didn't do this he didn't mm. I stood up in mm. that room mm. and I told my mom mm. for the first time and I said mom he did mm. do that she said to me don't say that you know and this isn't her child she's just like this is mm. this is my father's side of the family she said don't stop and I and I told mm. her I said, Ma, and I told her what he did to me and she just embraced mm. me and she didn't second another thing. Women that are out there, my mom didn't second guess mm. me. She didn't say, once I told her what happened to me, it was like, no, okay, then he did do this because my child is telling me that he did this to her. Mm. And so that's where it began. So I'll stop to give you a moment. Yeah. That's where it began. Yeah. Wow. Well, Eleanor, again, you know, that's always hard to share. And I know you shared, you know, some of that story with me before. I And it's always still devastating to hear. And so um, thank you for being vulnerable again. But but I know you're going to help some women because you said so many things that I'm sure women that have been abused think. You know, for example, you said, you know, you blamed yourself. You thought it was your fault because you opened the door. Um, you you didn't tell because you were trying to protect other people. You know, women do that all the time. They're trying to protect other people. So they don't they don't tell um, you. Um, you know, you talked about just holding on to that secret and not telling anybody, you know, about it, but just holding it and internalizing that and just what they did to you. And, and then the other thing you said that, that I, I resonate with this too, when you said you don't call it molestation, I totally agree because so many times people, it's like minimizing what happened to you, you know, call, calling it, you know, molestation, if it's rape, if it, you know, that that's different than molestation. So, um, I, you know, I'm glad you uh, clarified that, that for, for women. And then the other thing you did, you, 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 I mean, we clearly see now, the Eleanor that I met in that restaurant, where those things came from, right? You you talked about you build a wall up, a wall of protection because 
you had not been protected in that moment. You know, you have been violated. So you built up this wall, this building. You didn't know who you could trust because you didn't have, you know, a couple people that you thought you could trust that, that violated you. You know what I'm saying? Then you talked about, then you thought that's what your body was designed for, to be physically active with another, with men, you know, outside of marriage. And and, and this again, um, and, and you built up this mean exterior and, and um, also even that, you know, wanting to be in control or needing to be in control because you felt somebody taking control of you and abusing you. So so you built up all those things. So, so women, I hope that you hear this, that a lot of times things are in women's lives, just like what you named, um, walls or sexual promiscuity and um, uh, being controlling. And these are things that they built up or erected because of abuse or hurt. Mm-hmm. in their life. So, so th- those all things were very, very rich. I want, if I can say something too, uh, I do because it's in my head to say this in, in my, so I want to say it. My mom and my father, and I want to say my father was not a good husband. He was a horrible husband. He was not good to my mom. So I can't, I'm not, I will not glorify that because he was not but a father, he was my father. And they didn't know that this happened. And I think that needs to be stated clearly Mm -hmm. because sometimes we have that, well, where were the parents, right? Mm -hmm. I, my mom and dad thought they could trust him. Yeah. Because he's a family member. And that's going to come around too when we talk because if we get to, if that's one of your questions, why I was so protective of my daughter, mm-hmm. because I, I was, I found early on the people you think you trust or can trust that we think you can't trust them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it is it, that, that, that when, when trust is violated, it just really impacts your whole life because like you said, you, you then begin to, you don't know who you can trust because now you're looking at everybody. Just like you said, you were looking at me suspicious, like, who are you? I don't, I don't know you. And can right. I even trust you? You know, so right. you, you develop this um, suspicion of everybody when you have been violated, you know, like that, you know, another thing you said, Eleanor, so not only were you dealing with the abuse from a five being at five years old and 14 year old, but you were dealing with, the whole um, identity issue of your father, because even though, like you said, your father, he was a, a, a good father to you. When you find out a secret or something that is not as you thought it was, it does impact you. You know, you thought for 14 years that this person was your father and then you find out that it's not. So that had an impact on you as well. T- talk about maybe what what how did that impact you? Like what, what were the emotions did you that have? That still impacts me. I mm. I didn't think that that did though. Um, hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't think that that did. And I think what it is, is I suppressed that because you think you're grown. So, so at 14, we'll just talk about when I was 14, it impacted me because why did somebody say something like this to me? Right. And, um, and I remember thinking, so my sister has, I remember thinking, so my sister has a father and I don't. Mm. I remember thinking that. Mm. And um, 
Be, because he was he was your sister's father, you found out, but he wasn't your father. Right. But the circumstances behind it, um, oh my goodness, the way it happened. My my mom was um she came from an excellent back home. She was uh, adopted by her cousin. So she was raised separate from her siblings, her family, but she was adopted by her cousin and raised by her. So she had, um, oh my goodness, she had an awesome upbringing. My grandmother that raised my mom, she was educated. She was, um, that's not to tear down anybody else. So mm -hmm. please don't take it that way. Uh, she was educated. She made sure my mom had the best. Um, they lived in an uh, affluent area. So my mom was genuinely blessed in that space. And so she left home because also with that, in that day and age, they were very strict. And so when my mom was in college there, she ended up as an adult, you know, you 20 years old, who runs away from home at 20, right? But my mom did because it, my grandmother was so strict and she needed, so she came to Michigan from Alabama. And so she came here a naive young woman. That's, you know, and that's not naive. Like she's a bad, it's, she was young. She, she was sheltered. So she came here and So um, she gets pregnant with me and she's dating a guy that she thinks is a, just a, a guy that's normal, like just a regular guy. And she gets pregnant and he says pretty much, you can't have, you know, I'm married. Mm. And she's like, did not marry. Like she, I'm, I'm telling you even, and you'd have to know my mom. She's such a mild mannered, tempered love. You'd have to know her. She is... I don't even know how my father even ended up with her because she's such a jewel, a different type of woman. And she was that way when we were kids. She never smoked. She never drank. She didn't curse. She was just, she loved the Lord. And, um, but she was young and here you are 20 something with, and this man tells you that he's married. And so that for her immediately severed and to her, she has to now get rid of me. She can't have me because now she's concerned Will her mother be disappointed in her mm. That's that she left, you know, and then what is she going to do? She can't carry a married man's child. She didn't know the man was married and she's done with that. And my father, that raised me. It was this restaurant. And I know it because as I was growing up, I still would go to it. And it was called Doc's. And that's where everybody would hang out at. And my father knew of the situation. My father, they raised me. And he said, I know that you are by yourself and you probably scared, but I'm going to let you come. And he said, why don't you let board a room? They used to board rooms back mm -hmm. then. He said, board a room for me. Nothing. I don't want anything from you. Just you could pay $50 a month. And my mom said she was so scared. She said, she's like, it, nothing going on. He said nothing. And she said he, he when she came, he told her, we're going to get you some prenatal care. And I'm telling this story because we need to understand something. I'm here for a reason. That's why I'm saying it. So mm -hmm. we'll understand. Somebody, you're on this earth for a reason. Mm -hmm. So don't think that your living here is in vain. You're for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so my, um, Dad said he's going to get her. My father, he said, I'm going to get you some prenatal care. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to abort. I can't 
had his baby. I didn't know this man was married. And he said, no, we don't abort babies. No, you scared. But my sister, she will take her. And well, I was, they didn't know if I was a her or what at the time. But he said, she'll take the baby and she'll raise the baby. And my mom said, okay. She agreed. Of course, after some conversation, but she agreed. My father, he that raised me, he took her. She said, pre, they both told me prenatal care. She never won. He used to pay for it out of his pocket. And finally, she was able to get some insurance. And when she had me, she went into labor with me and um, he took, had her at the hospital. They said he cut a rug because it took me three days to get there. But by this time, he's attached. Like, you know, and my aunt came from Ohio and she came here to get me. And my mom said, she said, I looked at you and she said, I knew I can't let her go. And so there it is. And so, um, but I took initiative. Now I'm at the time uh, they told me the story about how it happened. And this is the day before internet and all of that. I found him. I searched. I asked my mom, where does he, where did he last work that you know? And um, I asked all the questions, his name, and I found him. We're talking about now. It took me, I was about, I was 15. I found him. And so you, so just to clarify, you found out you had a different father when you were 14 mm -hmm. and you actually found that father when you were 15. Mm -hmm. I did everything. I went, once she told me where he worked all those years ago, uh, 14 years prior to, Cause she hadn't had a word with him since she, I was in her stomach. And as far as he knew, I was aborted. Mm. Um, but she, he, I found him. And when I searched him out, I asked, did he know who I was? I found on this job, everything. And they, he said, I do know who you are. And he met me. He was like, I want to meet you. But I found that he was a liar. Like mm. you're a liar. And so yeah, right, all, I initially the first encounters with him, you could tell that he, he was, was a liar. Yes. yes. Because yes. first of all, I began to understand, I was becoming into knowing then that I was very always, I've always been very uh, analytical. So I was very mindful that if you cheated on your wife and lied to my mom and my mom really didn't know, she didn't know mm -hmm. you lied to her. You're a liar. That's, you're a liar from that point. And then here we are, and I find out I have siblings and things like that. So that's um, that was devastating for me. Um, and then now here I, and then I, as an adult woman, I thought that once I was an adult woman that it wouldn't affect me because I shoved all that in. Mm. But yes, it, it hurts because sometimes I feel like I hope my mom never, I always, it's, it's not her. I always want her to know it's not her. Um, but, and it's not my, my, my father that raised me because he passed away 30 years ago, loving me to the very end. I never knew the difference, even mm -hmm. after the fact. But sometimes I feel like something is missing. Um, I sometimes feel like a part of me is missing mm -hmm. that I'm someone's secret. Mm. I'm someone's secret. And I don't know why. I, I didn't, I really didn't think that in all these years. I'm like, well, I'm good, but yeah. 
my truth is sometimes I feel like I'm somebody's secret. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, your vulnerability is going to help somebody else because sometimes we we um, don't allow ourselves to feel what we feel. And obviously you have some emotions, you know, uh, rightly so about, you know, like you said, feeling like you somebody's secret because you grew up, it, like you said, with secrets. You, you, you've mentioned a couple of secrets that you grew up with. And so it's understandable that you would have this feeling of, you know, not at that time feeling or, or feeling like the authentic you. You know, I love the fact that your your um, show is about uh, being authentic and vulnerable because and we're going to, you know, get to that in 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 the second part is that it's once you get back connected to Christ that you start to have that authenticity. But right now, and part of your journey, you know, it's just these secrets and uh, um, abuse things that have happened to you that you're not feeling like who God created you to be because, right. you know, people have not treated you as such, you know? And yes. so, yeah, but um, you know what is you, you said about to your father, I understand now what you say. That is my father because, wow, what honor to that man who took your mom in and just loved on you like that, you know, from the very beginning and mm -hmm. even supported your mom in that. I mean, you know, honor goes to him. Uh, definitely. Now, now, he changed. Now, let me tell you now, I always got to say, I won't take that. Okay, my dad was a piece of work. He was abusive. My father was abusive to my mom. Now, when he, after the years of when we were a little older, I mean, he still, I love him for what he did for me. And he never made me, and he didn't let anybody treat me any differently. Um, but he has some, he has some demons. Just, yeah. Right. Because you were abusive to a woman that was nothing but meek and humble. And she genuinely, that I mean, anybody that can tell you that she wasn't one way outside and another way on the inside. She was a genuine jewel and humble. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I hear you, but um, you yeah, know, definitely. Um, just, just again, that that helps give clarity to you know. I, I'm hearing parts of your story that I haven't even heard before, um, and so um, that helps give clarity to why you built up the walls and why you um, you know, you talked about people would say you you're mean one time and loving. And that's another thing that I saw in you when I when I sat across the um at the restaurant from you that day. I, I knew you presented this kind of mean, harsh exterior, but I'm like, there's a heart of gold in there. There I knew you were a very loving person, but I knew you you had built up this harder exterior again for protection. And, and, and it's amazing what we do. I mean, we, we build up things and we, we create behaviors and it's out of self-protection when things happen to us, like what has happened to you. And, and uh, unfortunately, I'm sure with some of the women that's hearing this, yeah. you find yourself being controlling or being um, angry or being hurt or being uh, having walls up, having a hard time to connect with people or trust people. And it is because of the, um, of, of the past and hurt that has happened to you. So that the, I know you are helping some people today to be able to see that those behaviors were created out of self-protection, but, but, but praise be to God, right? Yeah. That even in the midst of a rough, uh, uh, hard, abusive starts and secrets and and a life that uh, just is is uh, traumatic. 
God can still um, uh, resurrect that and, and he can still use us and heal us and and uh, uh, create new creatures, create create yeah. us to be new creatures. And and um, that's that's where I when I came into your life, God was in. the. I, I knew you had brought a lot to that moment. But God had you on the path of create of showing you the new creature you were in Christ. But we know even in that you have to tr- be able to trust God. And, and that's another thing I want to say about when, when, when you are abused or hurt and you have mistrust of people, usually there's a mistrust of God, too. Because you don't, we don't even know if we can trust God. Because I think you even said that about you know talk about that a little bit about how not only did you mistrust people, but 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 it's interesting because at the same time we love God and we believe that you know that God is good. We we're we're afraid and and don't know if we can trust Him. It's like this back and forth battle. Talk about that a little bit because I think oh. women struggle with that who have been hurt. Oh my goodness, how do I put this here? Mm-mm-mm. So, God was definitely on my radar. <laughs> I'm trying to say it because I did. I asked the question, what kind of God mm. lets these things happen to a child? What kind of God, when a child, I'm talking about what I then. I said, what kind of God, once I say, I love the Lord, I want to serve him. He then lets me get raped. Mm-hmm. What kind of God allows different acts of family members to come upon us? What kind of God allows? So I started having all these crazy type of questions. And I say they're crazy now because genuinely they were crazy because God is with us at all times. And he, it's the enemy. It's the, the, the world that we live mm-hmm. in. That's the evilness of it all. And I, yes, we, I think we talked about this without interviewing with you. And I used to be like, okay, I need God. I need you to get hold of some of these people. I need me to be on the favor side of this and let the world see that. So yes, I was, I had some anger for the Lord. I was frustrated with God. I can, I cannot say that I ever, I can honestly say I, I never got to a point that I didn't believe in God. I never got to that point. Mm-hmm. And I can say never with that. Mm-hmm. I was flustered and hurt and mad. But even in my anger, I would be praying to the very God that I'm mad at. Mm-hmm. I always talk about the basket moment. I talk about that a lot because I remember being in a season of my life. It was hard. And I'm like, God, where are you? What are you doing? I'm saying this one. Where are you? And mm-hmm. I keep the basket down the hallway. Cause that's a, I always, it's just what I call the basket moment because I kick that basket all the way down the hallway. And then I come back, I swarm down the hall in my uh, home. I go to my walk-in closet and I get in there and I start praying to him. Now I'm mad at him, but I begin to pray to him because I, and I said, I need you to show me that you are God. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to this God that I call myself angry with. So yes, I struggled. Yes. I second guessed him. Yes, I wanted to walk away from him many times and could not. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've had many areas of my life where I wasn't praying down on my knees because I just couldn't formulate the words. I was in dry seasons of my life where this can't continue to go on this way. 
So the answer is yes. I have had dry seasons. I have second guessed God. I have questioned him. I have wanted to walk away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, I've had those seasons where I just wasn't even spending no time with him, but I didn't stop believing he was God, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does, because I've seen that in you the whole time I've known you. No, Come what may, I always knew you loved the Lord and that you 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 were going to, you know, in up back before him, no matter what happens. You know, it's like, you know, it's like Peter said, uh, where else do we have to go? Where else can we go? Yes. You know, you he's the one that has salvation and uh, the, the truth of life. So where else yes. can we go? And I always saw that in you, that you had to love for the Lord. But um, one of the things is that, you know, as we talk about, you know, you, that that's where you were. Um, and you, you said a word that I want to come back to. You said stuffed, right? You stuffed it down. And you also talked about how you didn't think it would, it was affecting you as an adult. And that is so uh, powerful because so many people think their past is the past, right? It's like that happened. You know, I didn't grow up with my father. I was raped or whatever happened. I was, you know, um, uh, I was verbally abused or whatever has happened to us, we think that's the past. And it's like, I'm an adult now, I'm living my own life. And we think it's not impacting us right now, but it is. But And, and you're a living testimony to that, that that even, even as you talked about the whole um, uh, issue of finding out who your real father was, being surprised at how emotional and, and that is for you and how that impacted you. And so um, people, uh, I think that would just help people to know that these things impact you as adults. So don't ignore them. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the next part that we're going to get to in this second yeah. part. We're going to talk. About, <laughs> we're going to talk about how do you deal with it as an adult? How do you go back and deal with your past and begin to break down those walls and strongholds and things that you've erected for self-protection, mistrust and all that? How do you how do you take tear that stuff down or allow the Lord to tear it down and heal you? You know, how does that happen? Because it is a process, it is not easy, it is hard work, but it's it's doable. It's it, it is a, a journey that um you other women can walk through just as you did. And so that's the part, that's what we're going to cover about in this next part. Okay. Well, let me say this. You first must want to overcome. You just, there has to be a part of you that wants to. I don't care who's walking with you, discipling you, love you. It doesn't matter if there's not a part of you that wants to. So I have to first say there has to be a want. That's one. And that want includes, because if you're wanting it, that means you have some type of faith that there's something, some hope that God is somewhere in the midst of this, even if it's a little bit. So those are important. Wanting to and having a little bit, that's in there. Now let me move forward. For me, I was afraid to allow my guard to come down in fear of what we've already talked about, what I could be hurt, somebody could mistreat me or misuse me because I'd already had this so self-protection mode. But we need somebody that will genuinely walk with us. So for me, I said it before, I was blessed to have my mom to be able to know, always keep a foundation of the Lord in our life, right? So that was very powerful and key for me to even get to a space where now I have, and I've been through with discipleship before. So that's not to tear 
anybody. I always want to say that I'm not disregarding anyone else, but the encounter that God gave me with you was, I mean, like it like just blew the top off if I could say it that way. So we have to have someone that will genuinely walk with us to maturity. And you were that for me. So it started with me being okay with wanting it. God had already started the work. You came to me. The want was there. You didn't know a want was in me. You were just coming in obedience of God. So God had already began the work. So we have to be okay with letting someone walk with us and being held accountable for what it is that we are doing in our lives so that we can change, so that we can be different, so that we can walk in the goodness of what God has for us. So it calls for someone that loves us to be with us and walking with us. And I want to say this, if you've been hurt and wounded, we're not going to even get to the deepness of some of the stuff that I've had to deal with in life. Um, but I mean, we might, I don't know what your questions are, but um, you don't think you could do it yourself. I'm telling you, you cannot. I remember telling myself, I can do what I need to do for me. I don't need somebody else to do it for me, right? And I remember those types of words coming out of my mouth. I remember that if I pray it away, it'll go away. I remember, you know, quoting the scripture as we do, and we use it to benefit us in the moment. Like, oh, this is what God's words say. Just like when we say, he said, ask and it should be given unto us. Press down, shaking mm -hmm. together, running over with good measure, pouring into our bosom, right? We say that, but he's talking about, He's not, any and everybody, you're not getting that. He said, it's when we're doing his will. So the word of God, we we can't do it by ourselves. There was a message you gave about two is better than one. I remember sitting there like, I'm good with the one, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm good, but even in that, God has yeah. shown me that two is better than one. So we have to trust somebody and let someone walk with us yes just do. yes yes well we're going to start again this next half um and talk about that journey and and i think what you just said uh is so key about having somebody walk with you because it, it is it is a journey and we all have blind spots Mm -hmm. And it's just too hard and painful to walk the journey alone. alone. And we have an enemy that is, is out to try to deceive us and to distort things. So you need, and also you have to remember when you're hurt and wounded, you're looking at things from a wounded perspective. You, you're looking for at things from a place of pain and hurt. And so you need somebody to help you see clearer that that is looking at the situation that is not wounded and hurt, that can help you uh, to get clarity. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's just not good to go on this journey along um, uh, for, for several reasons. But I want to I want to talk about the journey because this is, a, you know, again, the second part, the first part we talked about. The, what what got you there? Where the pain come from? Where the anger come from? The self uh, protection? Where did all that come from? And you talked about some very real traumatic things that happen. So now we're going to talk about uh, the journey of healing, the journey of freedom, right? 
And so, uh, and having somebody walk that with you. And, and again, God gave me that privilege and I shared this with you before and I'll share it, you know, on here. I know without a doubt that the Lord clearly deposited like this unconditional love in me for you. It was for you. It had nothing to do with me. It was for you because he knew you needed that. I was just a vessel, right? And you mentioned about, you know, other people have discipled you. And again, it is a journey. The, the scripture talks about one man plants, another man waters, but God gives the increase. And so God used many people in your life to plant seeds, to water, to water you. And, and um, you know, he just used me as one to water as well. And so, um, but it is him that gives the increase. It is him that does the delivering and the healing because only he can, no man can't do that. But, but I was honored to walk with you on that journey. And so I just want to talk a little bit about some of the things that we did. And so I'm going to share a little bit about what it looked like. And then you can talk about from your perspective about, because one of the things I want women to understand and get is that it is not easy. It is it's doable, but it is not easy. But you have to be diligent. You have to be prayerful. That's another reason why you need somebody walking with you, because you need somebody interceding and praying over you on a regular basis. Right. And one of the things um, I saw in you from the very, you know, so we went from the restaurant to we started doing women's ministry together. Right. And then. I, when I saw, and I knew God wanted me to um, minister to you and to use me to minister to you. And so I said, Eleanor, uh, you know, are, are you going to go on this journey with me? You know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go with you, but are you willing to go? And, and when you said you were willing to go. And, and that's what I love about you. You're a woman of your word that you, you kept that. And so we did several things. We started meeting weekly together. We had many days of tears on my couch praying and you just sharing your story with me. Um, I asked you to go to counseling. You did 12 weeks of counseling. For after counseling, I asked you to go to an inner healing group. You did 12 more weeks of inner healing. And, and so I want people to hear this so they know it's not just like, oh, you go to counseling one or two times and then it's, it's it. This was a journey and a process over years. So. I want you to talk about those experiences and what each of them, them did. You you had counseling, you had the um you had the um inner healing group, you had the times of us counseling and walking and talking together on my couch. All that. And, and then also, I think even the women's ministry itself was a place that God used to stretch you and grow you and heal you in some areas. So talk about those four different things and just you know, what did, what did you get? What did God do with each of them? What, what did God do in you with each of those? Okay. So let's start with the ministry. So I can talk real candid about that. I was like, I'm over this. I said, this is too much. I said, I'm gonna have to do what you want me to go where this literally was. I'm like, but it, I would still, so I'm saying it that way, but then I could come back to a seriousness and tell you, but then I would just be wrapped into God. Because I knew I wanted that with him. I just didn't. And I'm going to say this, ladies, because I think this is going to help somebody. I just didn't want in the beginning to nobody to require anything of me and infringe upon my time. Mm. And because I didn't want someone infringing upon my time. And then it was like, okay, so which one is it? You're going to be obedient or are you going to or are you concerned about your time? 
And so and then I and it was in my conversations with you that helped me to understand better because I'm good with saying no. I say no first and I say yes later. Anybody that know me know that I do it to this day. I don't I'm telling you no first. And if I can work it in, then I can come back and tell you yes. But one of the things that in the with the ministry portion that you let me get, you gave me a sense of peace. That was you won't get everything dumped on you. Yes, I'm gonna call on you. Don't just say no because you just want to say no. Try to do it. And so you didn't force it on me. So what I went into it with was I'm not about to go. I'm I know I, I want to do, I'm gonna do it, but I don't want nobody doing this. But then something began to happen. Oh my goodness, God started working on me so heavily. Like I started having a genuine love for women in the ministry. Okay, and I have and I know it sounds like I'm like I'm keeping laughter going in the way to keep this like, but to say to you all, I was telling God, I don't want to deal with them. I was saying that. I was saying, God, I don't want these women. What? They catty, they always gossiping, they have something to say. Not necessarily our ministry, but I'm saying mm-hmm. women. I'm not trying to be bothered with them. And so I'm saying this to God. He probably was up in heaven like this one. <laughs> so, but I kept having a love more and more and more for them. And I'm dealing just first with the ministry one. Mm-hmm. We have force. I'll do the ministry one first. And one of the most rewarding things for me was when you had me. I have that picture of us on my wall upstairs i'm in my basement everybody so i have it on my wall and it is where you had me speak Mm -hmm. and my daughter at the time was pregnant with my second grandbaby my grandson josiah and um you couldn't have told me that our journey hadn't like the hard part of our journey hadn't ended i thought that that was Mm -hmm. like our hard part of our journey had ended but my grandson is uh five now and still a hard journey but um you had me speak say something um Mm. that day and i felt then i knew i can tell you i knew right then and there i said god this is different Mm. this is different i'm different now Mm. whatever is coming i'm different I just didn't know what the different meant, but I knew I was different. So I was so grateful that I submitted to that. And I was so grateful that I had you to walk with me and to love me. Um, My freedom wasn't all the way there yet, but I could feel within me that life is different going forward. However that looks. The counseling. Wow. So the counseling part. Um, I really want to give her a shout out, but I don't want to, you know, I try to be respectful mm-hmm. on here, not putting names out. But when you had me go to the counselor I went to, she was amazing. We were able to pray. You know, people go to counseling and they say they have Christian counselors and this and that. No, we were able to pray, go through my assignments. I had assignments that I had to do. I remember saying to her, what kind of counseling is this? <laughs> And then I thought I was like, my spiritual mother put you up to this. Like, what do you and her talking about me? Because she like, 
She's like, no, I, she was in tune to where I was and everything was biblical. Mm. Nothing was outside of the biblical realm. Everything. So that was not an easy 12 weeks. I think it was more like 13 though. Mm -hmm. And you said, don't take away your week. (laughs) (laughs) And I was consistent. That's another thing, ladies. I didn't make excuses not to go. And I want to say this part. Some people talk about, I'm going to tell you how committed I was to God. I had to pay for that out of my pocket. Wasn't no insurance paying for that. It wasn't that I don't have insurance. It's that I, this is being paid for out of your pocket. And so I remember saying to the Lord that if this is where you have me, you'll provide. He provided every single time. So I'm saying that so women understand we have to put in the work. And sometimes that means financially for our yes. healing and God will provide the rest for us. So that was a, um, that was a portion. I'm just giving a short version of it. And you can ask me something specific in those if you want, but it was not easy. I had to share. I had to be open. I had to, I had to tell the truth. You can't play games. You, if you really want to be healed, Hmm. there you might as well put in the work and I had an awesome counselor to do that with me she checked in on me made sure my assignments were completed and I made sure my assignments were completed so the thing about it is don't get a counselor that's just giving you an assignment and moving your way on your way my counselor held me accountable she held my feet to the ground did you get she was sending emails a message hey how you doing and not just did you get your homework done um, how are you feeling about this? How are you doing with this? Awesome counselor. The healing portion of it. When I went Be- before healing. you go to heal, I'm, I'll interject a couple of things, and I have you go to healing. So, so I love what you said about you know again that this is what's key is that the healing journey is going to cost you, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's going to cost you sacrifice of time. It's going to co- cost you sacrifice of sleep. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you. And so that's what, ladies, I hope you hear that. But it's worth it. I mean, again, you know, the, our interview came out of you reading, you know, the letter that I wrote, wrote you. When I sit here today and look at you, I, I mean, I am amazed at all that the Lord has done. It is so worth the cost and that much more, you know, it, yes, it, 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 it really is. And so, ladies, um, you know, fight for your healing, you know, whatever it takes. And then even, and you know, you mentioned about a Christian counselor. When you go to counseling, make sure your counseling is Christian and that it's not just a, a tagline, you know, on their car. But like Eleanor said, they are t- bringing out the word. They are teaching and talking biblically. They are giving you biblical assignments. And That's so... Right. You know, those things was what benefit Eleanor. And and then the other thing is that you, you, you talked about the women's ministry. One of the things I saw that God did with the women's ministry, he, you know, I think about, you know, you and the connection you made with a women, uh, a specific woman I'm thinking of in the yeah, ministry. I know who you're talking and, about. And, and again, you, you, it was like you were fighting that all the way, but God was just softening your heart and little by little tearing down that wall to where you started, like you said, not only to connect with the other leaders in the ministry, but you started to care for the women. And, yeah. and, and I think having you in that place of doing women's ministry was ministering to you at the very same time. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was just a joy to see God do what he kind of told me that that's what, why I was inviting you, you know, to yes. be with 
So mm -hmm. that that was exciting to see. So you have those two things, and you and you got fruit from both of those two mm -hmm. things. Now you got now you got a third th thing: the um, inner healing. Talk about that. Well, the inner healing. Well, there were four, but we'll do this third one. I don't know what the fourth one was. I can't remember. But the the uh, inner healing. Wow. So I don't I I don't want to put them on a toss up because I don't want one to. If, if they ever even look at this for some reason, they randomly might see this. I do have to say that the inner healing really snatched it on home. So it, you possibly can say one man plant, another man waters, it right? Uh, that inner healing did me on a whole different level. I had some breakage inside of me, some yoke broke. Like it was, I remember we had to stand up against this wall and we had the praying we were doing over something. And I remember saying, I don't know what we doing this for. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I said, I don't know what we doing this for. But let me just tell you, it, I'm, down, I'm the one. We weren't, we, I'm the one talking about, I don't know what we doing this for. And everybody around, right? And I'm the one that end up the Lord snatched me so hard. I, I mean, <laughs> it was like, I wish I could describe what took, I can't even describe it because I didn't realize what was really going on until I came to. Did you hear me? Mm. When I came to, mm. I didn't realize it was because um, I got a real close connection from that one. Not talk about me not liking women, mm. and I ended up getting like the best jewel of all in that from that. She is right now like we just like that, uh, but. She was the one that told me after the fact that she said, oh my goodness, you like the Lord was really working some things out of you because I literally lost um, any thought process of what was going on around me. Mm -hmm. Literally. It was a work in the spirit that was going yes, on. Yes. I'm talking about when I came to realization in that moment, they were getting holding me on the floor. Mm. That's how far in the spirit I had gone. I didn't even, I wasn't mindful of anything around me, but only, and I say that because I'm letting people, women know, I'm sitting up there talking about, I don't know what, I remember, I remember saying, I don't know what all this about, we about to talk over here or something we put up on a wall, we wrote it down and I'm talking just, Lord said, I guess the Lord said, I got, I got your mom, right? But uh, the thing about the inner, um, just to even with that, that's just a snippet of, we, what that was so that women will understand, we had to do an assignment and the assignment was we wrote on there and it was like a split. You know how we do when we marry, what's the good, what's the bad? Do I keep them? Do I let them go? I, you know, we got this, do the pros and the cons. Well, we had to do this list and it was about things in our life like things that were painful, things that were, um, that brought us joy, the different things. And when you're writing them, you know, and they end up in places, right? And so then there are things that she had, the leader of this group had in place that we had to circle certain stuff. And I remember shame being up there. Mm. I remember that. I, I, remember, I remember the hurt. Like these are words that were up there. And it began to bring, and you have to, in the moment, think about what is it that, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And 
we hear people do that. You, they play that game, not that she was playing. People had that game. They say, I'll say something. You think the first thing to come to mind, you say it, right? And we were getting the, what was the purpose of that was to bring up our healing so that we could get it out of us, get the, get to a place of healing. And that was one of the best, I don't want to call it an activity because that's not, it's, uh, I wish I could have a better word. We did things that we prayed for each other. We had to speak. Then we had a signed prayer partner. Oh, now that that's the one my where she ended up that connected mm -hmm. us. The work had to be done. She worked with us individually, even though we were in a group. We had assignments that we had to do. We had to be honest. We had to be honest if we were angry with the Lord. We had to, um, if we self-protected, we need to speak. We had to speak on those things. Uh, we talked about uh, anything from finances to this. What are the wounds? What hurt us? What do we wish could have been done? Giving love letters unto the Lord. Um, all of this we had to do. And we had to do it all in in unison of studying the word of God. So mm -hmm. none of this was just somebody had us in a room. Mm -hmm. We're doing this here. And then when we leave and some days, there were some days like it was chilly in the, the basement sometime. And then she put the little <laughs> heater on. Right. But the reason why I bring up the heater is because it was almost like the ambiance of the room, like the Lord was there. She would, she had these things that she would like to set the atmosphere and we're not talking about no no cadence. And I'm talking about it was we're we're here to draw near to the Lord. We studied the word together. We talked. We shared. I mean, it was just so the reason why I'm saying all that is because I, the counseling was phenomenal. I would go do that. I, if I had to do all over again, I would probably give it more of myself than I did in both in all of it. But that that healing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of women need to have it. Oh yeah, De definitely. So a co couple of things, um, you know, and 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 this is the um, thing that I want women to hear is that that's why it's a journey, and 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 God uses all the different pieces and all the different parts, and sometimes He knows that you need to have one thing happen before you're open even to the next. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes to even be open to counseling, He has to do a, some things in you, and then to be open to inner healing. You know, if if He had just jumped to Eleanor, I want you to go to inner healing. You may have been like, I ain't what inner healing? What's that? I'm not going to that, but. So it is a journey, like you said, not giving any um, weightiness to one or the other. God uses all of it, and it's just different uh, uh, things that he does it with mm -hmm. each of them. That's why I'm, it's interesting to hear from you about what God, how God used each of those in your life. But a couple of things that you said that I just want to bring out, you talked about the very activity that you did not want to do is what God used. So ladies, I hope you hear that because... In the natural, you will be thinking, this is a waste of my time. I'm not doing that. Why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. And so when you find yourself thinking that or resisting something, that may be the very thing that the Lord is trying to use for your healing. And that's what the enemy is trying to get you to not go or not take the class or not get with the group or not go to counseling because he knows that's the thing that God is going to use to heal you. So you, you see that, ha that happened to Eleanor, even in the moment, she's questioning like, 
what is this? What is this about? This, you know, and so know that. And then not only that, she talked about the blessing of a person that came out of there. God gave her a friend and prayer partner. I mean, that's just amazing. And again, if we are not obedient to where God is trying to take us, we don't get the blessings and the fruit. Not only will she not get the healing he's trying to give her, she doesn't get the friend and the prayer partner that she got out of that. She doesn't get, you know, the relationships that God is trying to give you out of that. So it it, is so important that when you're on this healing journey that you are obedient and that you, and, and, and even that's why it's good of having somebody to walk with you because that's what I, that's what I would always say to Eleanor, Eleanor, you do you trust me? I'm gonna ask you to do some things and I need you to do them. Even yeah. if you, you and, and I remember it, and one thing I Ooh. knew is that and, and this is the part I want you to talk about now because I had to first gain your trust. And the fourth thing that, that I said that you that you say you what was the fourth one, it was our times on the couch together. Yes. And you would come over and we would just have because remember that's what started first. So the order of how this went is that we met weekly and just spending time talking on the couch together. Then I, she went to counseling for 12 weeks. Then she went to um, inner healing uh, for 12 weeks. I, I, I missed the step up. The ministry happened be, mm-hmm. kind of before, while, during the same time we were talking on the couch. We were mm-hmm. involved in ministry together too. But that's the fourth thing. So just talk a little bit about that because I think that kind of prepared you for counseling and, and where we were able to build some trust. Well, I want to first say, the trust let me talk about your trust first you trusted me enough already because god had given you a trust for me before you even before i could even know i probably was trustworthy enough for you to put me in such a role as you did because you didn't have but you already had a trust in knowing that god had called you to deal with me on this level so i want to first say that that's important because so often People would just throw you in something or do this, but you have been seeking the Lord and was ready to do whatever he had for you to do where I was concerned. So I want to say that. Um, Secondly, I wrote here on the couch, you open your door to me. Now, no, I wasn't some ratchet, nothing. I give myself, I thank God for that. I'm somebody that I'm real. um, They call me funny acting, right? Because I got a certain way I'm going to do things. I'm not. I don't break laws. I don't break rules. I never have. I'm I'm legit all the way around. So I try to, you know, that uh, we live by the rule type of thing, right? But I say that to say you open your door to me and you didn't have to. You could have said, I'm going to walk with you, but we're going to meet at the restaurant. We're going to meet because a lot of people do that. You know, it's like we're going to meet at the restaurant. We're going to go here. I see that. But you set up an intimate setting for me to be comfortable so that whenever we communicate, hear me, ladies, she made sure I knew that our communication was between she and I. Even when her husband, there were times when her husband would be at home every blue moon. One thing I this this I need to say, and this is probably a little off topic, but women need to know this. He would literally go in the basement or far away in a room and shut a door to make sure he was out of earshot of anything. So he would know that I would know that I was comfortable. I could be comfortable knowing even if he's in the home. I watched him leave his home several times 
-hmm. when he didn't have to go out, go get a cup of coffee, whatever, just who leaves their home just to make sure a stranger in their home is comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's supporting not only his wife in this ministry, that's having love and support for the individual that he doesn't even know because he's sensitive to what God is doing. So I definitely have to give him, I don't, I don't even know if I ever told you that that's something that I saw and I knew. So I want to say that. So thank you for that. But sitting time on the sofa, we talked about everything. We talked from my daughter to my childhood. We talked about my distrust, my likes, my dislikes, <laughs> reprimanded me. You uh, would hold me accountable, genuinely hold me accountable. You were stern at times with me. Uh, I remember one time you looked at me like with a straight face. And I'm like, okay, is she mad? And I could tell you were a little bothered with me. Like, no, you're going to stop this. Like, so, and, and it was out of love. And it wasn't, it, what it was is that I was saying, well, I don't want to do that. And meaning like, okay, if I want you to do three things over here, I want you to think about which one you want to do. I don't want to do all, neither three, right? These are beginning stages, but I still would do what was asked of me. But it was like, you just always dealt with me with a loving, stern hand. And we had so many, not just conversations. And I want to say this too, because it's coming up and I think it needs to be said. We weren't just sitting around kicking the breeze and there was nothing gained from it. I wouldn't be sitting here before you now, even doing this or any of this, just if you had not been genuine in what you were doing, you were, we studied the word and that's a key. If everybody, if women, if you're listening, everything you're hearing me say that's connected to uh, her and I, my spiritual mother relationship and I, it was based on the foundation of the word of God. One thing she's not let happen is us get away from God. I don't care if we're just somewhere running to grab and have lunch or brunch. We need to bring God into perspective of our conversation. And it goes from there because the center is always him. But on the sofa was a lot of tears. Um, I had a lot of joys too, though. Um, on your sofa, you didn't just deal with me. You brought my daughter into your home to, to, um, to try to mend us. You didn't have to do that. That wasn't a part of it. You did it. You you reached out to my daughter when you didn't have to. Outside of me, there were times where I felt like, okay, no, this needs to get done. And you and me clashed because I felt like, no, this needs to be shut down where she's concerned or this. But even in that, you didn't, you, you, it came from a place of love. Everything you did came from a place of love. So I do want to say that. You didn't just open yourself to me. You took on, on your sofa. And I know this isn't about you, but it, in a way, that's the only way I can describe how it affected me. Because you went beyond what discipleship is. I think I said this in the interview I did with you or to you. And that is, I really believe I was probably the hardest one that you had. And because I came with so much hurt, pain and baggage. Um, and I might've been the most defiant 
one. But I think in that, I think I got the hardest prayers from you for that. And that brings emotion to me because I do that now for women. Mm. And I didn't know how to do that before. Mm. And so it brings that emotion to me because now I want women in on my sofa. Because mm. I know that's the intimate place that they can feel safe. Yeah, That's where I felt safe. Yeah. And, and I, I always think of those times as you were talking. I, I think of those with uh, our, our time on the couch. I think what the Lord, how the Lord was using that was just to use me to pour unconditional love in you and also to, um, to, to accept you, to know that you were accepted and that you were loved and that you were not um, judged and to get rid of the shame that probably was in you, some of the shame that was in you from things that had happened to you to let you know that you were loved unconditionally, no matter what had happened to you, what you had done, all of that. And, and, and I remember just real sweet, intimate times of loving um you on that couch that's what that's i remember she named the love couch the love couch yeah, sessions <laughs> that's real because you did you love me to when you say love me to freedom this is not a i can't describe that none of this is a game or a joke i think that that really needs to be said because i went through a lot and i still have a lot that's that i sit in and so you genuinely love me to freedom. And I, I think about that when you say, you would say to me, do you want to get to the other side of this? You know, it's a, it's another side to this. It's love, it's beauty, it's joy, it's things. Mm-hmm. And that sat with me because that what that did was gave me a line. I'm on this side of that line, but there's something of beauty on the other side. It doesn't mean that it's going to be completely perfect, but it's different from where I am. And the only way you're going to get there is if you do the work. Yes. And you you said that to me. So, and that resonated with me. Yeah. And the work is hard. And, um, you know, definitely, um, like I said, and you, and you did the work and you're continuing to do the work and, and God continues to, um, you, you continue to see fruit in your life because of the work that you're yeah. doing. And um, even, you know, I think about, the comment you made, and I think this may be a good place for us to um, pause until we get to the next time. But I think about the comment you made about when you gave that um, talk at the women's ministry and about Brisha, you and Brisha had got reconciled and you thought that, okay, Lord, we're on the other side of it. Right. And, 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 and you guys made, um, you made some progress in that moment. You made some progress in your heart, but I think Brisha made some progress. You made some progress and, and, and we think, okay, this is it. But that wasn't it, right? We we know, and I know this is still hard and painful for you that there there were setbacks, there were um, breaches in the relationship again, and so the next time we talk, I want us to talk about that. I want us to talk about you know the setbacks that happened and what that did to uh, or tried to do to your heart again because it, what the enemy, how the enemy tried to use that to bring up some of those old self protecting. Um, behavior patterns again tried to get you to erect that wall back up i start i started to see a few bricks coming out i was like no jesus we can't build no walls back up we didn't tore them down so i want to talk about that next time because again we want to give the ladies the reality of like you said this journey is real and it's not all a yellow brick road you know you have some setbacks and you have hard moments and months and times and 
but it doesn't um, stop you from just persevering even through the setbacks. So we're going to talk about that next time. We're going to talk about your relationship with your daughter. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, what caused you to have the setback. And then how mm-hmm. did you even get back from that? And, and the beauty of that is even what I saw is that even you, you bore a lot of fruit before that setback. But then you had that setback and then you bore even more fruit. I mean, God did an even greater work on you. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what God does with our trials. You know, he says that uh, uh, who, who, if you bear fruit, he prunes you so that you bear more fruit. And I mm-hmm. saw that happening to you and you are bearing some fruit in your life. And this um, uh, show podcast is just one of them. So I would say let's just wrap up this session uh, with uh, whatever final comments you want to say to the ladies about the journey before your setback, where you are. What what, what do you want to say to the ladies about about the journey that we've been on this uh, last 60 minutes or so? Okay. Well, first of all, we can do a little, (laughs) we got through the first part, right? That was so bad. I didn't cry as bad as I thought I might do, right? Okay. So but no, I am ladies. Um, I want to first say thank you, Mother Leticia. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. This is part one of part two. So we will be coming back together speaking just as well because she has control of the questions. She has control. Of, she's narrating this thing as to where we go. Um, remember, this journey is about us getting healing. And God is in the business of healing us. We have to trust him, know that he is God, and know that regardless of the things that come up against us, he is in full control.